Good evening, folks, and welcome to our Newark UPC Live Wednesday night Bible study. Today is January 20th, 2021, and we are excited to be with you live once again tonight. And I am not the one doing this broadcast. Today, I am playing tech support, and I'll be fielding your questions afterwards. If our Bible study teacher can go ahead and begin sharing her screen and turning on her camera. Tonight, I am joined by none other than my wife, Rachel, and she is going to be continuing in our, hey, there she is. She's going to be continuing in our series on the door. And so without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to her. I'll be monitoring the chat and the live stream, and I'll be back in about half an hour to feed you questions. I'll see you all shortly. All right, here we go. Good evening, everybody. I'm glad to be back with you even though it's through a screen. I've really been enjoying our broadcasts um, in the new year. I have spent a lot of time pondering and kind of being introspective after Sunday and realized that there were some areas I could really work on being thankful. So I appreciate that message from Regina and how she called us in a very kind way to be thankful and to search ourselves and so if you missed that broadcast, I would encourage you to go back to Sunday's broadcast um, and just take it in, maybe even take some notes and see how you can apply it to your life. I am really excited about this theme this week. And Brother Moss began last week talking about Jesus is the door. And tonight I want to talk to you about the open door. Now I'll tell you right off that this Obviously, I'm not the first one to do this. My dad did a series on the door, doors in the Bible, back in the spring. And we're going to post those in the chat if anyone would like a more in-depth study. We have 30 minutes tonight before questions. And he has four lessons on the door of hope and then also um, God's favorite door, the open door. So I'm just going to barely scratch the surface of a, a lot of what he did back in the spring. But if you want to take some opportunity for some personal in-depth Bible study, those links will be posted in the thread and you can, you can catch those yourself. So here we go. Tonight, our focus, we're going to start, our focus verse is going to be out of Revelation chapter 3. And I've got all of verse 7 through 12 here, but I might jump around just a little bit. Because when God opens the door, no one can close it. And if, if that doesn't excite you, let me say it again. When God opens a door, no one can close it. And we've been in a time, a season where many of us, or we might feel like doors have been closed. Maybe you're somewhere in your life where you feel like everything's slammed in your face, that things are not going as planned. But I'm here tonight to tell you that when God opens a door, no one can close it. So in Revelation chapter 3, uh, the scripture says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This That's not too far from us. <laughs> this is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, now, this is, this is Jesus. He is speaking to the churches here. I know all the things you do, and I, I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. 
Wow, that is powerful. He goes on to say, look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogues, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love because you have obeyed my command to persevere. Church, tonight we are being called to persevere. He says, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God, and I will also write on them my new name. Thank you, Jesus. That, that is so powerful and so exciting. And if you feel like it's on video and you didn't catch all that, write down this, these verses, Revelation chapter 3, 7 through 12, and go back and study them this week and listen to what God is saying to the church that perseveres, the church that obeys his commands. He doesn't even say you have to be strong and you have to be, you know, in your, mo in your best state. You don't have to be awesome and mighty. He says, I know you're weak, but you obeyed my word and did not deny me. And I have opened a door for you that no one can close. That is powerful. We should take a minute to just thank the Lord that he opens doors for us that nobody can close. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the great one that opens doors that no one can close. That no matter what happens in this life, he will write his new name on us and we will be with him in the new Jerusalem. Wow, that right there is worth the whole Bible study. We didn't say anything except that right now. We could go out victorious, looking up to heaven, knowing that God has opened a door for us. But we're going to do a little more Bible study. So you may be asking yourself, what does it mean when God opens a door and nobody can close it? What, can you give me some examples of that? What does that mean? Well, it just so happens that scripture has some examples for us right here in the Word of God. So we're going to start off with Acts chapter 5. I'm going to read 19 and 20, and then I'm going to go back and let you hear the whole story. It says, But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So we see right away that God opened the gates of the jail. But let's go back a little bit to verse 6. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. And there is a root problem. They were filled with jealousy. They weren't seeking the Messiah. They weren't trying to figure out what was happening. They were filled with jealousy. And that can happen to us sometimes if we're not careful. Because of this jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. And then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. 
When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of elders of Israel. So first of all, they, they come together, they the high priest and the officials arrive and they convene. I want you to imagine some pomp and circumstance and they're bringing in this high council and they fill the assembly full of elders of Israel because they are going to condemn these guys. They have got them where they want them and they are going to squash them in front of everybody and embarrass them. So they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported. So imagine all these people waiting. They are so prideful. They are stuck in their mindset. They're jealous. They're out to get these guides and they're waiting. Here they come. And the guards return. And they have to say, the men are gone. Well, this makes everybody look bad. All these people have been called in out of their homes, out of their, their daily life, their busy schedule, and they're sitting here waiting for whatever the atrocity these people have committed. And now the council looks inept. These people are gone. The, the very ones that were seeking to destroy them look stupid. So the, the guards reported uh, the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priest heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it all would end. Yeah, they should be wondering where it all would end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. So not only is there confusion, they look like they've dropped the ball, they don't know what they're doing, and now the people, they're in the temple. It's like, you didn't think to look there first. That's kind of your stomping grounds. They're right in your stomping grounds, and they're teaching. So obviously it didn't make them happy and, and they continue on in their desire to, to stop the spread of the gospel. But the point here is, is that when God has a plan, no one can stop it. Not even us, not locked gates, not prisons, not guards. Nothing can keep closed or close what God has decided to open. And that could be pretty scary but not for his children, not for the people that are serving him. That's not scary because if we're obeying his plan and living for him, we know those open doors are going to be for us to walk through. So the next passage I want to read you, another example is in Acts chapter 14, verse 27. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. So this passage is found, uh, Paul and his traveling companions have arrived back in Antioch after a long missionary journey. They have been traveling for, for a very long time and they've been spreading the gospel and going to new places. And now they've come back to give a report to those that sent them out. They've preached the gospel in, if you want a list of all the places they went for this missionary journey, it's in chapter 14 in the preceding verses. And they have, they have, they've traveled all over and it walks you right through them. But of all the things they had to say, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you go on vacation, you go on a journey, you come back, you have pictures, you have stories to tell, you have so much that happened. And of everything that was recorded that they had to say, this is what was recorded. They emphasized that God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles where they had traveled. So they reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles 
two. Now, what you want to note, what you want to note here is that the Antioch church who they're reporting to was mixed with Jews and Gentiles. So this was not emphasizing, oh, wow, God has opened up a, the Gentiles were getting saved. It's amazing. We couldn't believe that some Gentiles got saved. They already knew that God was pouring his spirit out on the Gentiles. This was a, a mixed church of Jews and Gentiles. So it's not emphasizing something new. What it's emphasizing is, is that God had opened the door of faith to these Gentiles that they had met while preaching and traveling. Not that they had just shared the gospel, but that God had opened a door of, of un understanding to these Gentiles, that he had opened their minds. That many Gentiles, they had faith in many gods. So for them to come to one God was a pretty big deal. This was an unshuttable, unstoppable door. When God opened this door, and the faith for the gospel message was poured out on these Gentiles. He opened their understanding of faith in Jesus and the gospel message. These Gentiles spread it throughout all of the world. It was an unclosable door. Once God opened that door, it was not to be shut. And that is, it's a powerful thing to see God open someone's understanding, but not just one someone, lots of someone to begin to have understanding of faith in God and the gospel, and they spread it and they share it, and it just goes on and on and on, and only God can open that door. And this is another example of God saying, I will open this door and no one can shut it. Not the Jews, not Rome, not those that didn't believe the message, no one could shut this door of faith to the Gentiles once God had opened it. And that was so exciting and so powerful that that is one of the only things that is recorded in this passage. When he talks, they, they give their report and they say that God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. It's a powerful, powerful statement in this passage. All right, let's go to Acts 16. 25 through 33. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Of course, I don't know how they couldn't listen. They had to listen. They were sitting there, but, but this implies that they weren't just passively in the background, but they're listening to them. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All of the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now we read this story and we're like, oh, yay for God, that was so good. This is, a, this is an earthquake. And not only, you can't say, oh yeah, it shook a few doors off the hinges. Every door opened and the chains fell off of every prisoner, not just Paul and Silas. And that is, oh, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. That is the power of our God. What he does doesn't just affect us, but everybody around us. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. He would have been killed anyway if they had all escaped, so he was just going to take care of it himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It's kind of an odd question. If you had never, if you had no clue anything about these guys. So it would seem that this man may have heard some of Paul and Silas's message previously. He knew something about them because he brings them out and he says, what must I do to be saved? 
They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Whew, I love this passage. I love this chapter and this story. We hear it in Sunday school. And we're like, yay, they sang and the doors came open. And, and there's so many messages about the power of worship that come out of this. But I'm telling you that the power is when God opens a door. No man can shut it. And when God opens a door, not just one person sees it most of the time. When God opens doors, it shakes things up. It gets the attention of those around. Whoever's around, whoever sees whenever God opens a door and he makes waves like this and he is shaking the ground and the doors are coming open and chains are falling off, people, you better believe they are paying attention. God opened the door to deliver his people. But that wasn't the only reason. Because when he opened the doors of the prison and the cells, he opened the door of salvation to the jailer and his family. So it wasn't just a door, oh, I'm going to open these doors. I'm going to make a scene to let you know you can't, you can't chain up my apostles. So God, God's not just making a scene to make a scene. He's not just saying, hey, back off. These are my guys. I'm letting them out. Nobody can hold them in. No. He is using this opportunity to open the door of salvation to the jailer and his family. And we have no idea if there were other prisoners in there that came to the Lord, that were saved, that, that it affected them for the rest of their life. We know God opened a door to release Paul and Silas, but we also know from the story that he opened a door to bring salvation to the jailer and his family. Neither door could be closed. God could have just had the door to Paul and Silas's cell open. He could have just had the chains fall off their hands, but he delivered everybody in the vicinity. You and I, we may not always like what's happening in our life. You may be struggling with something. You may, you may be suffering. You could be suffering in your body. You could be suffering at work. You may, be, you may be watching this in another country. We have a lot of viewers that are not in the United States. And you may be suffering. And you may be thinking, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to serve Him and everything is in chaos. I'm trying to serve Him and everything is going wrong. Well, Paul and Silas were trying to serve Him. And they had been beaten and they had been put in chains in, in, in deep in the dungeon so they couldn't get out. They were in a world of hurt and it would seem like nothing was going right for them in that moment. And you may be there in your life. You may have suffered accusation. You may have things happening that you can't even control. You may have personal or physical or emotion or have suffered mental attacks. And, and there's so many things that are happening in your life in confusion. and confusion. Or maybe you're suffering depression. Maybe, maybe wherever you are and maybe you've been sheltered in or locked in. Or maybe you're having to work a job where you're constantly exposed to traumatic events. Or you're worried about being catching this virus. Or, or there's something happening in your life that you feel out of control. And you're like, I don't know where God is and I don't know what's happening to me. But Paul and Silas give us a great example here. That if we can continue to live a life of thanksgiving, 
like Sister Regina talked about. If we can continue to worship, if we can continue to obey God and commit to Him, He will walk into your situation and He will shake it. He will shake it like that earthquake. And when He's done, He doesn't just open a little door. He doesn't say, oh, look, here's a little window. You can sneak out of the prison. You can crawl out of this situation. You can sneak off in the night and nobody knows what happened to you. No, God says, I'm going to come into your situation right now and I'm going to shake it. And the doors are going to open and the chains are going to fall off you. And the depression you've been struggling with and the, the sickness you've been struggling with and the fear and the anxiety and the confusion and the turmoil. He's going to open a door and he's going to say, that is done. All those chains are falling off of you. And when it happens, not only does it happen to you, not only does God deliver and liberate you, his people, but he delivers, begins to offer deliverance to everybody around you, to all the people around you. You begin to see people looking at your situation and what God's done. And they're going to say, you know, I was around you. You prayed for me and the chains fell off. Or I've just been around. I've watched God work in this situation. And now he's opened the door of faith in my life. And I believe in this God. And I think he can work in my life. And, oh, it's not just you. God drops the chains off of everybody around you. God opens the doors to everybody around you. And you think this situation, this suffering, and you think God hasn't seen me. God hasn't been watching me. God has abandoned me. And God says, no, I let you go to that place. So not only could I deliver you, but I can deliver everybody around you. And when you walk out of that jail... There will be a line of people ready to hear the gospel. There will be a line of people ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'll begin pouring my spirit out on your family, on your co-workers, on people you don't even know on your street. I will begin to work in your life if you'll just stick with me until I open the doors in your life. Let's just take a minute and worship, worship God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're at work even when we can't see it. Thank you, God, that you have the power to open doors that we never imagined would open, God. Thank you that no matter how dark our night, no matter how confused, no matter how overwhelmed we are, Lord, you have a plan and you are going to shake the foundations and you will deliver us and we will walk out and those around us will walk out as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need to take time to worship the God who will open doors. We need to take time to lift our hands and say, God, I might be in a place that I don't like. I may be in a place that's miserable, but I can lift my hands and I'll worship you because you are a way maker and you will open the doors and you will see us through every single time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Whew. I'm running out of time. Second Corinthians not 2 and 12. When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. So Paul is talking here and he comes to a city and he comes to that city to preach the good news of Jesus. And he doesn't say that he got out and pushed his way in. He says, no, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. And I want to ask you tonight, have you been asking God to open doors in your life? 
Have you had prayers and said, God, I need you to, I need you to intervene. I need you to make a way. And I, I need an opportunity for something. I think we all do that at times. We all need God to do that. But when I read through these scriptures, there was one common theme over and over and over. And the question I would ask after reading all these scriptures is, then what are you and I doing to share the gospel? Because these doors that are being opened aren't just for my personal gain, but they're for the gospel message to be shared. So I ask, do your goals and desires include God's desires and goals for his kingdom? Are we focused inward or are we focused on his kingdom? I'll read another Colossians 4, 3. At the same time, Paul's requesting, pray for us too. That God may open a door for the message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul had a prayer request. You and I have prayer requests. We get together, we pray, we get in our Zoom meetings and our small group meetings, our community meetings. We get on the phone, we chat, we video call, and we have prayer requests, and those are good. We need to pray for one another. We see that all through Scripture. But Paul had a prayer request. He was in chains. If I was in chains, I would have a bunch of prayer requests. I would probably have a laundry list of prayer requests. You would probably get tired of me calling you up for my prayer request. But what does Paul do? What did he ask for? He asked for an open door to preach Christ. Of all the things he could have asked for, his top concern was preaching Christ. The word of God convicts me. As I read through these scriptures, I am encouraged, I am uplifted, and I am convicted. Because how many times do my prayers and concerns for my own needs, my own hurts, my own situations, my family situations, my friends' situations, this country's situation, the world's situation, health situations, a pandemic, how many times do those situations all come first in my prayer before any prayers are concerned for sharing the gospel? And yet, we see in the scripture that when, when sharing the gospel and, the, and, and, and promoting and furthering God's kingdom is number one, that God is just opening doors left and right. Needs are being met. People are being healed. Lives are being changed. Whole cities are being transformed. And when that happens, people's lives are getting better. And everything they need is being provided for. And yet, and yet, it's so hard to put that focus on the gospel message first. And we get it backwards. I get it backwards. And we, we pray and we pray and we groan and we strain and we stress out and we have anxiety and we, oh, everything's just a mess and we don't know what to do and the whole world's going to be destroyed and I can't even sleep at night. And I haven't prayed once. God, send me somebody to share the gospel with. God, help me to, to see every, every open possibility. Open doors for me to share the gospel. Or if you open a door, I'll walk through it. I won't worry about if I can teach that Bible study. I won't worry if I'm nervous. I won't worry, oh, what are they going to think about me? What are they going to say? Lord, if you open that door, I will charge through it. And I will ask you for wisdom. And I will share the gospel if you will just open the door. I am convicted. That that is not always, and many times, my first prayer. 
And we must become the church. We must become those that share the gospel message. And a very unique thing happens when we put God first. When we truly desire his kingdom to grow more than our bank account. When we truly desire his kingdom to grow and progress more than how our health is doing. When we truly desire to see people saved and their lives restored more than our own desire for our things, for um, changes in our own life and our own family. When we desire that first, God begins to open doors for us to share the gospel and it changes our thinking. But that's not the only doors that begin to open. When we put him first and we put his kingdom first, he begins to open doors and even pray about he begins to, he sees our needs. He sees, he says, I, I see what you need. Why are you worried about your clothes? Why are you worried about what you're going to eat? Why are you worried about where you're going to live? I've got that. Worry about my kingdom. Spend time worrying about preaching the gospel and praying. I've got this other stuff. And when we do that, all the other things fall into place. And these doors of opportunity begin to spring open that we can walk through. And suddenly, you know, we're, we're like, wow, I, I, I didn't really, I, I didn't pray for a raise and God gave me a raise or I've been needing a, God, a, do, a job and God just opened the door. And, the, and and God has a, he He has a path for us. We start being serving more. We we start working in ministry more and our, our job gets better or we're provided a job. Situations in our family or the Lord takes care of it. And the, the path we thought God could never open, God opens. Just like that jail cell. He didn't just open one door, he opened all the doors. Because salvation was the focus. And for us, when salvation is the focus, when the gospel message is the focus, when his kingdom is our focus, everything else falls into place. It doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. It doesn't mean we're not going to suffer. It doesn't mean we'll never have an ache or a pain or suffer. Scripture says we will suffer. But the doors open when our focus is on his kingdom. And there's one other door I want to address here as I, as I run out of time. When all this falls into place, when our focus is on the gospel and God's kingdom, God is opening doors. Something changes. Something happens. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then as I looked, this is John speaking, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. God is showing John a vision of what is going to happen next, of what he wants to happen and what he's doing in the world. And when our focus is on Jesus and his kingdom, God opens a door of vision. Many times we pray, God, give me vision. God, give me direction. God, what are you doing in the world? And when we focus on his kingdom and his message first, he opens a door of vision and he begins to commune with us and dwell with us. And God says, hey, hey, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Because when we are have our head down and we are so worried about the crisis around us and the situations around us and the world around us and our job and our, our own trauma, all the trauma because we all have trauma, our own trauma in our life, and we're all focused down here, 
God can't even invite us into vision. He can't even invite us to share and show us things because we are consumed. We are consumed with our anxiety and our worry and our fear. And God says to John, hey, come here. Come on up here. I've got something to show you. And in heaven, God opened a door. When God opens a door, no one can shut it. He opened a door. He said, John, I want, I want to share with you what's going to happen. What's going to happen after this? He had shown him a bunch of things. He said, I want to show you what happens next. God wanted to give John a glimpse. We call it vision. A glimpse of what was to come. God has a door that will give you clarity. It will give you hope. It will give you insight into what he is doing and what he is going to do. He wants to show you what's happening in your, his kingdom. He wants to show you what he has planned and, and what he has for us to do. And when you and I get a glimpse of God's vision, everything changes. It's a total game changer. Not only have we entered a place of relationship with God where he's sharing with us and we're having conversation and he wants to show us, hey, come look what I'm going to do. When you see a little more of his picture, your picture begins to make sense. Everything in this life won't make sense. But if we're only focused on that one little, not even one puzzle piece, but one little piece of a puzzle piece, we have no clue what the picture is. But when God steps in, he says, hey, I want to show you a little more of this picture. It, things begin to make more sense and your faith begins to rise as you realize that God's really got this. Hey, God really has a plan. God really knows what he's doing. Wow, I had oh, no idea he was working on all that. I had no idea that this was even part of the plan. And, and his plan is so much greater than, than anything that I could ever imagine. I, I am so excited. And then you realize, wait, God wants me to be a part of this plan. He has a place for me in his kingdom. He didn't just come and die on the cross and rise from the grave and fill me with his spirit so that I could, you know, try and figure out what I'm supposed to do in this world and claw along and, and live a life of anxiety. But no, God says, hey, I have a place for you in my kingdom. I have a job for you to do. You're my friend. You're, you are a part of me. You are a part of my kingdom. And when you get to have vision with God and you begin to, he shows you part of his plan. He starts to give you glimpses into his kingdom and what he wants to do. It's a game changer because suddenly it's so hard to think just about me. It's hard to think just about Rachel and my stuff and my issues. I'm like, oh my word, this is, this is huge. God wants me to be a part of his plan and his kingdom. And he will open whatever door needs to open to make it happen. You don't have to kick your own doors in. You don't have to go out and search for the door. You don't have to find the key and you don't have to spend all that time stressing out about trying to get this door open or any door open. Because if a door needs to be opened, God's got this and he will open it. And when he opens it, it doesn't matter what happens. No one can close it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am so thankful that we have a God that is powerful, 
and mindful, and he has a plan for us, and he opens doors in our lives. I have wrapped up, and I'm going to ask my husband to come back on. Hey, good evening. Well, baby, you did such a passionate job that people are just, um, they're, they're stunned. <laughs> well, I did, tell, I did say, I'm not sure how you're going to ask questions about this, this message. Oh, this. We did, we did get a few that came in and, um, but you, you got multiple compliments about how, how powerful it was tonight. And thank you for sharing this while you were going, we did get a question earlier that you already answered just as you continued, but I'd like you to expound a little more. Someone asked, as you're talking about God, uh, uh, these doors that are open so that way the gospel message can be shared with other people. And someone asked, how do I do that? In other words, how do I share this message, especially when people don't want to listen? In other words, how is this door open? And then you went on to say how we ask God to open those doors. So would you expand on that a little more? Uh, I can. Uh, a huge, huge, huge uh, way of sharing the gospel is just to share your testimony. Mm -hmm. Scripture says, be a witness. Go out, tell the things that God has done for you. Right. Um, and there are times God opens a door and and you didn't have anything to do with it. You're just you're blown away that this person even wanted to come and talk to you and they initiate it. And there are many times, though, that by the way that you live your life, uh, by sharing your testimony and being kind to others. So sharing our testimony, being kind to others and and kind to others looking for opportunity. I'm not I'm not talking about harassing your neighbors so they do not want to see you coming. They're like, oh, no, here they come. Here comes that crazy lady. Here huh? comes that crazy lady. Uh, but there are there are great opportunities to be kind to others. And to yeah. and I, I read a testimony this week of a, a pastor and his family, and mm -hmm. they just this week, they baptized the mayor of their town's son. And they said it wow. has been a few years of just being kind, inviting him to things, having him in their home, and just showing him the love of Jesus for him to even be ready for Bible study and, and, and coming, you know. But you know what? It feels like it is a lie of Satan that nobody wants this. Uh, we have been, con the church has, has slowly been convinced that nobody wants this, that nobody wants to hear about Jesus. But you know, it's just not true. That's not there are reality. people that are hungry to know Jesus. And I know this because I see every week, I see friends, people I don't even know uh, on Facebook that, that I'm connected to through other people posting. You wouldn't believe who wants a Bible study and how many people have just shown up at church or people are asking, you know, and people are, excuse me, people are lonely and they want this message. And we are afraid of rejection, but remember they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting. That's hard to remember at times, but it is important. And it never hurts to show people love. It never hurts to, to show them compassion. We, we don't lose by being kind. That's right. And many times that opens a door, just inviting people to meet up for coffee or help them out with something. There are many ways that we can, we can share the gospel message by our life, our example. And, but everybody loves a good story. Share your testimony. Yeah. So let me ask you another kind of follow-up question that pairs well with that one. How do you know if a door is open? 
Well, we saw different doors that were opened in those scriptures. If I go back to my examples, everybody <laughs> knew that the jail, when the earthquake happened, that the doors were open. That was, there was no doubt. I, I think this question had to do with like sharing your testimony, talking to others. Well, there are times when you have no doubt that a door is open. And there are other times when with Paul, the mm -hmm. door didn't open until he got there. Mm -hmm. But if he had never shown up in those places, the door would not have opened for him. So again, I go back to sometimes you just have to walk up to the door and see if God opens it. You know, if you don't ever talk to anybody, well, there's really not going to be any way to share the gospel. Um, but developing relationships, being kind to people and, and letting God open that door and pray. If you are filled with his spirit, he will let you know. You can ask God, is it the time to talk to this person or is it just the time to be kind? Lead me. The scripture says we should pray for wisdom. We should pray for guidance. And that the, one of the reasons we are filled with the Holy Spirit is to give us power to share the gospel. And part of that is to know when to speak and when to be silent. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is a way to, to learn. You know, it takes, it takes time and it practice. But I would say um, many doors you wouldn't even know if they're open if you don't go up to them. Sometimes even try the handle real gently and just see if it's unlocked. <laughs> that wasn't in the scriptures. That's Rachel. Um, but just to, to be present, being present is a really big deal to even know if the door is open. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Another question asked from one of our one of our more experienced seasoned saints. And he asked, why does this sound so easy? And yet when you try to put it into practice, it's hard. I don't know, but I have been so convicted over this message myself. I called my dad and I said, Ken, I cannot believe I'm having to preach this right now. Um, you know, because it was just straight to me. I just felt like the Lord just had me up there and was just like, you know, just every little thing as I read and studied because we do know it and it does sound easy. But it takes an intentional shift of focus. Okay, so elaborate on that. Because when we, our life is right in front of us. Our, if you, if your body is hurting, guess what you are thinking about? If you're out of a job, guess what you're thinking about? If, yeah. if you think you're bad at your job or if you mm -hmm. have a family situation, a crisis, I mean, a pandemic, guess what everybody's thinking about? Whether, no matter what side you're on, people will hate it. They love it. People believe in it. They don't believe in it. But one thing is consistent. Everybody's thinking about it. So the things that scream the loudest are what we tend to think about. And we have to have an intention, an intentional change of our focus. Because if there were a hundred people beating on the front of your door saying, share the gospel with me, I need Jesus. You would be, Oh, I gotta have some help. We gotta get the gospel. We gotta have some Bible studies. We have to get these people in, but they're not banging your door down. The issues in our lives are banging our door down. And so, we have to be urgent. Yes. So we have to have an intentional focus and remember this is urgent. Right. And I don't know any other way to say it, that it takes almost like you just literally almost grinding over. I will. And that's why we read our Bible more than one time. That's why we have ongoing conversation with prayer, talking to God, our, our small so, group lessons on prayer. So, it so keeps how can we bring right this to the front? 
Well, I would say if we are in a continual place of prayer, like we talked about in small group, praying without ceasing, we just talk about having the mind of prayer where God is on our mind. Mm -hmm. And he's not just on our mind because we're talking about all the stuff we need, but he is on our mind. Not what we need is on. I know uh, Sister Regina talked in one of her messages about um, the difference between worrying to God and talking to God. That really jumped out at me. And this is a time when, when we, we learn again in small group, we have to, we don't, a conversation with God isn't us worrying to him all day about all our worries. It's being, right. it's actually thinking about him. And in that process, we are, if we are actually thinking about him and we're spending time keeping him at the forefront, well, then his message is going to be at the forefront. And when we see someone, it's easy for him to tap into us and say, hey, talk to this person. Hey, give so-and-so a call. Hey, your neighbor, your neighbor needs your kindness right now. It's easy for the spirit to be let for us to be led of the spirit. Yeah. So if you're willing to be a little vulnerable, another question that came in, it asked, not to put you on the thought of spot, but is there a time where God opened a door that was obvious or not for you? And if so, how did you know that God was opening this door to talk with people? Specifically to talk to people or just an open door? Just an open door. I guess I added the talk to people. How did you know that God was opening a door? Um, Well, I have a lot of examples I could use. Uh, one one? (laughs) One of them, when I, and this is a door about a change in my life. Mm-hmm. That, that did have to do with me eventually sharing the gospel. Um, I was, I want to say, uh, 19. I think I had just turned 19. And I was at church. I believe it was an Easter Sunday. And I was standing on the platform with the praise team, and we were singing. And our church, when you were on the platform, there were doors to the outside of the church right at the foot. And, and in walked some friends of ours that were from didn't live anywhere close by and the lord spoke to me and told me uh, very clearly said you will be going to clc with with andrea my friend that had walked in well i was at a, a university clc is one of our bible colleges Life College in California. I, I was i was at in involved in a university an hour away uh, I loved you, it. You were already enrolled in university. I, was, I, I had been there. Going to Bible college. I had been there almost a year. Um, and I just had no intention of going to Bible college. I had lots of plans for my life. And uh, I just you, couldn't you decide on which one was better. You know, I had lots of ideas. And so when the Lord spoke that to me, I thought, huh. And I knew it was the Lord's voice. Yeah. But I thought, you know how you do. Well, maybe that was just me because I saw her walk in the door. And I'm just thinking, man, that might be fun. You know, I'm always open to something fun and new. So I just kind of put it in the back of my mind and went on through the rest of that day. And then mm-hmm. the next day we were, I was with her whole family uh, at their house having lunch. And my parents came over and we're, I'm sitting, sitting in a room with a bunch of ladies. And I thought, oh, I'm really going to zing my mom here. I'm just, I'm going to zing her in front of everybody, which wasn't wise. But I was 19 and having a really good time. And I looked at my mother and I said, hey, mom, what do you think about me going to CLC with Andrea? And she just looked at me and she said, oh, you're going. And I was, I was blown away. And she said, 
uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning audibly out of the ceiling. And she said, and he said, Rachel's going to CLC in California. She said, I was just like, oh, well, yes, Lord. You know, that was, she said, that wasn't the way God normally speaks to me. So that was a very clear open door uh, that when I went, I, I, I didn't ask any questions after that. Um, we went, but, um, and that changed the whole course of my life. It changed um, the whole course of your life. <laughs> and so there's no, I, I would have met you if, if we hadn't been there, but that was a big obvious door. Um, there's another door, many doors God has opened for us to walk through. And a lot of times it's just a gentle nudge in my spirit. So can you give it an example of that? Um, there's just been so many. I'll tell you one. There was a girl in our youth group, and I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this story. She has shared it uh, in California. And she was the only one in her family that was attending church. And she was, she was struggling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was real. It was a real struggle. She didn't have support. It was a lonely walk. Um, it was a very lonely walk. She just didn't, she was, and she was in the throes of trying to decide if she was going to walk away from the Lord or live for the Lord. And I, I had shared the, we had done many Bible studies and talked with one another. And I was taking a trip to see, to see your family in Washington state. It was an 11 hour drive. You couldn't go. It was me and the kids. And I just felt a little nudge. Like I should say, Hey, do you want to go with me? That, that wasn't really my MO. I didn't just grab people and take them on trips with me. I just went by myself. Yeah. And I, I felt just, I should do that. So I did. I invited her. She went with me. We had a great time there and back, lots of conversation. And it was in that time. And then there was another person who also really felt to speak into her life at that time. And, and she said many times that time and this other person speaking into her life is she had already decided she had already decided to quit coming to church when that happened. And between that and the, the other events that happened, she realized that, that God was calling her to serve him and to live for him and that, that she would, and she didn't walk away from the Lord. And, and so that wasn't a, there was no booming voice. There was, it was just kind of like, hey, take her with you. So that, that open door might be something supernatural and earth-shaking, like the account we see in the book of Acts. It might be an audible voice. It might be something in prayer. It might be a gentle nudge. Yep. It could be a lot of different ways. And so as we get ready to wrap up, one final question that's been submitted, kind of based now that you've shared a little of your own examples, what advice would you give someone who is newer to this walk of faith and is learning to hear the voice of God. And how, how would you help them to recognize when doors are being opened? What well, advice would you give someone? The first thing I would say is enjoy living for God. Nothing is a better example of what God is doing in your life than you living a life of just enjoying living for God. And many times the worry of, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, what if God asks me to do this? What if I'm not good enough? What if I have to, God opens this door and I don't know about the door, know to walk through it. I would say to a, a newer believer and all of us more older believers to live a life of actually enjoying living for God. Mm -hmm. And 
and and tell your story and trust that when God opens a door, right. He's never opened a door that he hasn't made a way to let me know it's open. Ah, okay. So what does that mean? There were, there's always been somebody in my life that he used to speak to me. Hey, I, or I felt a little bit of, of something. And so I went to a pastor or a, a Sunday school teacher or a good friend or a mentor or a parent that was in the church. And I went to them and said, Hey, I'm feeling this. Would you pray with me just to make sure that I'm on the right path that I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. This, this really is the door God wants me to walk through. And so if it, I check the word of God, is, is this what biblically the Bible says? I pray, I listen, and there's people in our lives. And I trust God that you have to trust God. Every one of these, God showed them that he had the door open for them, whether it was quite bombastic or he opened the door for faith. Well, how did they know he opened the door for faith? Well, obviously, he made a way for these Gentiles to believe. Yes. They're, they were receptive. Their hearts were opened when Paul brought the message. And so it is not our responsibility to open the door. Oh, please say that again. It is not our responsibility to open the door. And because if he opens it, no man can close it. If we open it, just about anybody can close it. Yeah. If he opens a door, is he good enough to show us that he's opened the door? Mm-hmm. Or is he this snarky, sarcastic God that's going to open a door mm-hmm. and just leave us dangling around wondering if it's for us? It's yeah, crazy. no, that's not the case. Because all of the good things that a, a good father does, and he said, how much more? How much better am I than even an earthly father can be? So if he opens a door, he will make a way right. to show you that it's open. You be us being sensitive to his spirit and his leading and then and, and that's what I was waiting for you to say. It it takes a sensitivity to the spirit and that takes time to develop. That does not happen overnight. So this is something that grows in time. And we, we know be encouraged if you're new because you can still hear God's voice and none of us ever ever grow out of the need for wise counsel. Hmm. Nobody It doesn't matter if you're 110. All of us need wise counsel in our lives. And if we're not sure if a door is for us, then we can go to people in our lives that can give wise counsel and they can pray with us. Yes. And and help us feel after. There's been times I've been, I've been, you know, in the church most of my life. I have lived for God and I can hear his voice, but there are still times I, many times, I still get wise counsel. So we all need counsel and we need to be sensitive to how God is speaking to us, which may happen in multiple different ways. And we learn to recognize that and we become more sensitive to his spirit as we respond. So we we step out in faith and we're obedient. The more you step out in faith, the more you hear his voice and the easier it is. And if you step out in faith and you're kind to someone or you try to share the gospel with someone and it doesn't go well. Did it hurt anything to be what, kind? What did you lose by being kind? You didn't lose anything by being kind. You didn't lose anything by trying to share the gospel. I mean, if you hit somebody in the head with the Bible, then you you have lost something. Right. Notice this was coupled with kindness. This does not mean 
picking a fight with someone or arguing with someone or telling them why they're damned. Debating. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about in love and in kindness, sharing the gospel that Jesus loves you and he has a plan for you and he has a plan for all of us, a redemptive plan. You can be redeemed. You don't have to live in chains. You don't have to live a life that is not full and that isn't redeemed. Yes. Thank you for sharing. It looks like we are coming to the top of the hour and looking over at the question stream. I believe that we've answered all of the questions tonight. So thank you once again for bringing this Bible study. Your passion came through tonight. And it's a good reminder to all of us that we need God to open doors. And when he opens the door, no one can shut it. If you are joining us tonight, perhaps for the first time, or you're not a regular watcher of our broadcast, welcome. We are so delighted you came across us, however that happened. We are Newark United Pentecostal Church located here in Newark, Delaware. And right now, especially during this pandemic, we are broadcasting six days a week. That's Tuesday through Saturday. We take Monday off or rather I should say Tuesday through Sunday. We take Monday off and we broadcast six days a week at 7 p.m. At least twice a week we broadcast live for certain on Wednesdays and Fridays. And if you join us during those times, you're welcome to submit questions and comments on either our YouTube or our Facebook channel. And we will be monitoring, watching those comments, and we will do our best to interact with you. If you want more information about our church, you can visit us at newarkupc.info. That's newarkupc.info. And on that website, you will find all kinds of information about us. We have online small groups that are going on right now. They're open to anyone. They're open to the public. If you're curious, jump in one night on a small group. It's online. You don't even have to leave the comfort of your home. If you want to submit a prayer request, you can submit that to our pastoral team, and we will forward that on to our prayer team, and there will be a group of people who pray for your prayer request. If you have a baptism request, if you have other questions and you just need to contact us. If you want to partner with us in giving, all of this information can be found on our website at newarkupc.info. And one more quick shout out. We did this on Sunday. I want to do it again tonight on Wednesday night. On Wednesday nights, right after this live broadcast, our youth class, that's our junior high and high school age youth, ages 12 to about 18, whenever you finish high school, they meet online and they have a great time together. They do Bible studies and they pray together. They do online games. And so if you're in junior high or high school and you're curious about that, you can find information there on our Kids Hub page, again, at the same website. On Sundays, we have Sunday school starting at age four and growing through sixth grade. So age four through sixth grade, we have Sunday school Sunday afternoons in an online format right now. If you're in junior high or high school, we have that on a Wednesday night. All of that information can be found on our church website, and you can reach out to the director of our children and youth ministry, Kiara Horn. Thank you once again for joining us tonight. God bless you all. We hope that you have a wonderful evening, that you recognize that it's God who opens doors, and when he does, nobody can close them. And until tomorrow night when we resume our broadcast and continue to talk about open doors, <laughs>